Hey everybody, welcome into this edition of Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts with CPA and Personal Financial Specialist, Phil Putney. I'm your co-host, Mark Killian. Let's get started. Hey everybody, welcome into Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts. I'm Mark. We appreciate you tuning into the show. What's going on, Phil? How are you, my friend? I am doing great. Trying to stay cool. Cool, I should say. It's. Uh, I'll take cold. Yeah, yeah. Not not cold, but just cool. It, this heat is... I, I can't complain. This is Michigan. You know, it's it's one of those things. Just remember where we're at in February. We'll be wishing for a part of, you know, at least a portion of these right. days. But. You know, it's it's a catch-22. I'm in North Carolina. We've shared with our viewers yeah. before. Uh, it's been brutally hot. It's all over the country, really, right now. And yeah, it's tough. You kind of go, well, you know, it's better than the cold. But sometimes, man, just days upon days upon days of extreme heat. I, I don't know. I, sometimes I think I'd maybe take the cold over it. My wife says I'm nuts, but you know. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, if you're outside working, especially, I mean, it just zaps you. I was out working in the yard this weekend, and it was miserably hot. And yeah. oh yeah, drink the water. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. The water. Well, I you know I know you guys are getting ready to take another trip here. Actually, you guys are going to roll out of here uh, tonight. After so, we're doing our podcast yep. today as we're doing this particular taping. You guys are going to head up, and uh, where are you guys going this time? Uh, we're going up to Higgins Lake. Oh, okay. So we've got a, a group of us that uh, that head up there and camp for a little over a week. So nice, nice. Uh, we've been doing it for years. There used to be a, a group of at one point probably sixty of us mm-hmm. from our church that would would go up there oh, over wow. this two week period of time. So when, when our kids were younger, it was great. Yeah, you know, because it was all the friends and sure. yeah. they were up there and they kind of ran and did their own thing, and so it was a, a good time. Right. But yeah, we always love it. It's good. So. So, uh, you know, down here, I can't remember, you know, I lived in Michigan for over a decade and I forget, is there copperheads in Michigan? Uh, I think there are, are there? but okay. yeah, I think it's probably North further. Okay. So we definitely have copperheads down here. And you know, a lot of times when you're thinking about poisonous snakes and we're going to get to financial stuff in a minute, folks, I swear. Uh, but <laughs> when, sometimes when you think about poisonous snakes, you know, you kind of think, are you sure how to identify them? And so a lot of people just err on the side of caution. If it's a snake, yep. got to go, you know, kind of thing. So uh, I've lived here for a long time. My brother's lived here his whole life and we were doing some yard work and he actually was one. He had, he had just, just missed it. It just went right on past him while he was using the weed whacker and I was riding around on the mower and it was clearly obvious what it was. So it kind of was kind of in one way is interesting to say, okay, you know what? I've always wondered. Now I know. Yep. It's now you know. Yeah. And, uh, and he basically almost stepped on it within like an inch or so. And oh, wow. Probably, okay. Probably two feet long. And so it was a good size. So I did what, you know, every red-blooded American male should do. Uh, I drove over it about six times with the lawnmower. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's like, he's like, go get a shovel. And I'm like, Mm-mm. <laughs> I'm not getting off this. <laughs> Just get out of the way. And I, you know, it, it's funny. Somebody was yelling at me for it. And I was like, look, it's a copper hit. I got little dogs and so on and so forth. Not messing with it. Black snakes and some other stuff, you know, I'll get, yeah. them, uh, get them with the stick, send them on their way, redirect them because those are good snakes. But, yep. uh, you know, like same thing with water moccasins, right? When you guys are at the lake, got to watch out for those guys. And uh, it's, it's funny because we can see the things that you're supposed to, you know, the triangle shaped head and all that stuff to look for. And you kind of aren't sure when you just look at a regular snake if that's right or not until you see one. And then you go, yep. Yep. No doubt. No doubt. So yeah, we're fortunate. We don't have to deal with uh, that kind of stuff as much in, in 
northern Michigan. So right. we're kind of the worst thing at Higgins Lake is the swimmer's itch. So, but I think they <laughs> finally got that under control. But I mean, that, that <laughs> can be some pretty, <laughs> pretty bad stuff. I mean, it's basically, it's a, a parasite that gets under your skin. You can't see it, but it creates, oh. it's almost like a bad case of poison ivy. Oh, okay. And it's just, it's like poison ivy where some people it affects them. Other people have no reaction to it at all. Gotcha. Gotcha. You know, so, but it's, it's um, Higgins. Yeah. Higgins is a real shallow lake, or at least where the part we're in, we're um, up near the shore for quite a ways out. Right. So it's been great for the, you know, kids growing up and we've got grandkids now. So it's right, a right. great place. They love it just to be able to play in that shallow. But I mean, that's where that parasite likes to live is in that shallow, really warm water. Yeah. I see. So you got to make sure you usually you put some kind of a you know lotion and even like an oily suntan or something on to help oh, okay. prevent it. And then when you get out of the water, make sure you dry off right away. So, it all rinsed but, off and stuff. Well, there you go, folks. That's our show this week. Snakes and that's right. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll change gears now. So we just had our general chat and conversation. We'll jump into our topic. We're talking about rookie mistakes this week on the show, classic pre-retiree mistakes. Yep. And the reason I kind of brought up the snake thing initially is because that tends to happen. We, I was kind of saying we tend to overreact or make a standard move when it comes to whatever it is. Maybe it's a spider or a snake or whatever it is, kind of the phobia sometimes that messes with you. And sometimes you just immediately, you know, so speaking of black snakes or brown snakes, rat snakes, things of that nature, sometimes you just lump them all into one category. Well, we also tend to do that sometimes when it comes to making financial decisions. And when we're a pre-retiree, uh, you know, we're really starting to get pretty nervous because we haven't really, you know, gone through the transition into retirement yet, which is obviously a whole nother, you know, nerve wracking deal. But I think a lot of times we, since we don't know what to expect yet because we're in that pre-retirement stage, sometimes we tend to make some classic mistakes. So I've got a few for us yep. to go through. I'll let Phil break them down a little bit for us. Uh, Phil, I'm going to be 49 next month. And okay. so my, my brother just turned 62 and he's like, oh, I'm officially a senior citizen. I don't like it. Um, but, it, you know, I've been starting to think about changing my, what I feel about my investments now at 49 going on 50 in another year versus what I might've done just 10 or 15 years ago. And so that's a classic place where people tend to overlook that, especially obviously like 19 when things are just rolling, maybe you were, you know, hitting that oh, yeah. age last year and you're like, ah, eh, the market's going up forever. And so you don't really think about maybe taking something off the table. Yeah. And this is one of those things that, that kind of the pendulum swings both ways. You got to be careful because as you're nearing retirement, you can't invest the same way. And we see some clients that, I mean, they want to invest like they were, you know, just starting out in, in uh, you know, in their career back in their twenties or thirties and, and right. keep that aggressive level. They're comfortable with it. That's great. You know, you, as long as you're comfortable with it, but you still have to understand you might be comfortable with it, but if the market corrects and you don't have enough time to recover from that right. before you need to, you know, start pulling that money out, that can be a dramatic effect. Well, time, you know, horizon, it, right? It's all about that time horizon, you know, and, and one mistake we often see is that maybe somebody that hasn't saved quite enough. So they get in those last 10 years and think, okay, I got to turn the gas on really high now because I only have a few years to, to make up for lost time, so to speak, mm -hmm. which is a dangerous game to play. You know, I mean, if, if you time the market right, it could work really good. Right. If well, you, you know, in wrong, a way we we kind of get this perfect storm, if you will, yep. at that time period. You think about the pre-retiree age. Let's just call it 50 and up. 
Yep. Um, you hopefully have the kids off the payroll, right? So to speak, they're no, you're probably done with the college thing. They're probably now yep. out of college, moved on, or at least hope we hope <laughs> getting on with their life. Um, there is, you're probably making the most money you've ever made at that yep. point in your life. And then the final piece of that is the government does do that catch up provision. There's some things where you can add more to Start your to add more to the contract. Yeah. So it kind of, that kind of does create this perfect storm of letting you take some additional, or I guess make some additional moves, but taking additional risk, which is actually on our list as well, is maybe not the same thing. Right. Yeah. You've got to be really careful of that. You know, and I was going to say that the pendulum swings both ways because too often we see the other way too, where people, you know, get close to or right at retirement and think, okay, I've got to take all the risk off the table now because I'm going to start spending the money, which you can't do that either because now you've got the risk of inflation long-term, which Right now, it's kind of a joke because we're actually <laughs> at such a low point of inflation. Right. You know, you're thinking, what is that? But um, unfortunately, it probably it will come back if history repeats itself. So. Yeah, and it can't last forever at that point. I mean, nothing. Right, can. right. Okay, so again, that's the first one. Just not investing the same way as we hit pre-retiree as we do maybe when we're in our mid-30s or early 40s, something like that. Yep. Uh, Social Security is number two on my list. So again, I mentioned my brother just turning 62 last month. And he's like, well, I guess I could just go down and turn on Social Security, you know, and just kind of, you know, get some extra income coming in. And I was like, well, why is it? Is it have you figured that and factored that into your plan yet? And he's like, well, no, I'm just saying because I'm eligible, which a lot of people do. It's like, well, you're still working, first of all. So no, shouldn't do that. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of factors that go into the the whole Social Security decision. Mm-hmm. Still working is a big piece of it. Yeah, I mean, if you're still working and just turn 62, you're eligible technically, sure. But depending on how much you're earning, you might not even get the benefit anyways because they're right. going to take, you know, a, a dollar for every $2 you earn over. Right. It's a little over $17,000 of earnings. So you might not over. get yeah. any of it, you know, so. Yeah. And I, I see that often working with clients that they're thinking, okay, well, I'm going to continue part-time, but you know, they might be still working and, and earning 30000 a year thinking, mm-hmm. well, I'm going to get thirty plus I got X amount of Social Security, not remembering, yeah, that's not necessarily the case because they're going to take away a piece of that Social Security benefit. Now, you'll yeah, get it back later. Right? And taxes are a whole other piece of it. You know, you can't forget Uncle Sam. I mean, he wants his piece of it. So there's a pretty involved formula to determine how right. much of that benefit is going to be taxable, you know, through what they call provisional income and looking at all the other sources of income. So. Well, making sure it's part of your plan or strategy. A lot of times I think we see people with their collection of stuff and we've talked about that before. You know, I've got a 401k, maybe I've got a pension, uh, I've got a rental property, whatever the case might be. And then you're like, oh, and I've got social security. And it's like, well, no, it really should be in the main conversation. It's It's, they're all working together. Yeah. We, we teach uh, classes on social security quite often. I mean, obviously with COVID things have changed a little bit. We're, doing more online, but it, it's a big topic we talk about all the time where you've got to look at social security at, you know, by itself first, kind of run the analysis to see what the ages are and what makes sense, what's the right strategy. Mm-hmm. But then you also have to look at it in light of everything else, because once you add in all the different pieces, taxes, all the other income sources, what you need to spend, oftentimes it changes that scenario. And there's a whole different strategy now that makes sense in light of the big picture. Okay. So you have to have an overall comprehensive plan. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yep. An overall comprehensive kind of holistic, if you will, plan with exactly. everything working together. All right. So you're a CPA. You've been doing this a very long time. So tax planning versus tax prep. That's a classic mistake as well. That's kind of a classic rookie mistake because like most of us, you know, we go, oh, 
it's January or February. I should start thinking about taxes. Or if you're like me, it's like, oh, it's April 1st. I should start thinking about taxes. But as a pre-retiree and then a retiree, as the saying goes, it's not what you make, it's what you keep. Right. Yes. I mean, when you're looking at taxes, you, you have to understand the effect of it before it happens, not after it happens. And that's a big mistake. I mean, a lot of people go to their tax preparer thinking that you know, they're, they're getting advice and they may be to some extent, but the reality is they're that's simply more, reporting more what happened. Yeah. You know, that's, that's last year. You know, they're, they're kind of the historian saying, yep, this is what happened. They got to put it down on the form. And, you know, this is the result of what took place last year. Not a whole lot you can do. There's a few things that can happen kind of after the fact to, to right. change that, but very, very few. Um, tax planning, on the other hand, is is trying to project forward and looking down the road and saying, okay, what does it look like? And we do a, a lot of that. That's a, a big part of our planning process is understanding long-term, what is your tax scenario? Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of these pieces that you can move and shift and position properly to help minimize and you know better position yourself long-term from a tax standpoint. So yeah, definitely. And so tax planning versus the prep is another classic uh, kind of pitfall, if you will. So working with a qualified professional like Phil, kind of looking at that future uh, ways to save tax and you know, honor taxes, you know, in all the right ways. That's certainly a key place to do that. Uh, yep. Number four, healthcare needs. Again, a lot of times people, Medicare is so... It's good, but it's also pretty convoluted. And there's a lot of things where you can, you get a little tripped up. So I think a lot of people assume that it's going to kind of blanket take care of everything. And it doesn't. Yeah. I mean, especially if you're coming off a, you know, a decent company plan. Yeah. I mean, you might have to contribute more now with, you know, the whole change in, in the healthcare and everything, but it's pretty good coverage, right? <laughs> you're comfortable with it. You know, deductibles and co-pays are reasonable. You've got it all figured out. But all of a sudden you switch to Medicare and, and it's a whole nother gamut. You've got to really understand the pros and cons. And again, we teach a class on Medicare just to help better prepare and understand well, what are those moving pieces. And there's a couple of avenues you can go depending on how you want coverage. You know, so don't, don't think Medicare is going to cover it all um, because right. Medicare, the government benefit part A and B by itself, has a lot of deductibles and co-pays. So, I mean, if you go on that just by itself, if you're healthy, you're probably going to be fine. But if, if not, something happens, which that's another mistake. People go into it thinking, oh, I'm healthy. I'm, you know, I don't need add a supplement or anything. I'm going to be good. Right. But all of a sudden, you know, something happens that you're not expecting, some health condition from an accident either or whatever it is, and you have significant amounts of out-of-pocket exposures. And, and those supplements are helpful, that. but they're costly too. Uh, yeah, yep. So you got to yep, watch and that. that's and the shortcoming fill is a lot of times is the long-term care aspect because there's not really anything in there. Right. And that's, that is another big mistake when you're looking at, you know, healthcare cost. I mean, it's one thing to cover the actual care cost, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of normal maintenance, if you want to call it, or, you know, things that come up. But if you get into a, a long-term care where you're needing this longer term, because they call custodial type care, okay. Medicare doesn't cover that. Right. You know, there, I mean, there's, there's very, very limited coverage for um, that type of care, but it's not custodial care. It's, it's generally related to a hospital stay. It has to be related to a hospital stay. Right. So it's not custodial. It's more recovery. You know, so people often mistake and thinking, oh, yeah, well, it's going to give me some coverage. And the other thing, it's a very limited pool. You get 100 days in your lifetime. 
So right, which is different from Medicaid. So like which, if you go yep. to a nursing home, a lot of times people think it'll cover it, but it typically only kicks in once you're basically destitute. Right. Right. And that's yeah, so that totally different sounds you know, very similar, Medicare versus Medicaid, but Medicaid okay. is yeah, basically you've spent down all your assets. Now right. you have like a house, that. a car, and a little bit of money in the bank left is about what it comes to. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you can go to Medicaid, which is a state coverage, but you've got to find a facility, number one, that accepts it. And most facilities only have a certain number of beds. You're not going to be picky because there's not many of them, you know, right. so I mean, there's usually waiting lists and yeah, so totally another, you know, game you've got to play and understand. <laughs> and where does it fit in the picture? You know, usually... Could you qualify? Yeah, if you spend everything down in position, you know, and do things the right up front, but do you really want to? Right. Well, there's some other options and better planning potentially, you know, yeah. so. And, and that's the key, right? Better planning ahead of time. And again, that's why these are some classic rookie mistakes, pre-retiring mistakes, because it's, you know, we're just heading into this arena of our life. So working with a, a good advisor really is going to hopefully help you sidestep yep. a lot of this because you guys do this, you know, every day, whereas we're only going to retire once. Uh, so you guys plan on lots of retirements. We plan basically one. So folks, that's yep. good. We're going to wrap it up because we try to keep these uh, under 20 minutes. So we're going to get out of here this week. So hopefully you found that useful make sure you're looking out for some of these classic pre-retiree mistakes and try to avoid some of those by working with a qualified professional like Phil Putney. If you've got questions or concerns, as always, you can go to the website at philstaxhacks.com. That's philstaxhacks.com. You can call him at 248-888-7530. Again, if you're watching this in video form, I'll have all that information on the screen. 248-888-7530. He is a CPA and a personal financial specialist. So, Make sure you give him a call and have a conversation to avoid some of those copperheads, if you will. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Those pitfalls. Those pitfalls. All right, my friend, I'm going to let you go. So you guys have a great time this week and enjoy yourself and stay safe. All right, take care. We'll talk to you next time, folks, here on Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts with Phil Putney, CPA and Personal Financial Specialist at AFS Wealth Management. We'll see you next time. Investment advisory services offered through AFS Wealth Management. The content of this program is provided for informational purposes only and is not a solicitation or recommendation of any investment strategy. Investments and or investment strategies involve risk, including the possible loss of principal. There is no assurance that any investment strategy will achieve its objectives.